Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 12.35 in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Some guests on Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris for two can dine for $120. Every Friday on Oilers Now, it's Elliot Friedman brought to you by our friends over at the River Cree Resort and Casino. They have Nazareth on August 10th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Elliot is uh, out in Washington for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final tomorrow night. Elliot, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing without Bob around? <laughs> well, he uh, left yesterday, so uh, I was hosting yesterday, and it went okay. So I'm still in charge today, and uh, things are going good. Let's be honest. You don't miss him at all, do you, Brennan? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I just talked to him, though, like 10 minutes ago on the show. So he's still really a big part of the him. show when he's gone. What's that? He's still a big part of the show even when he's away. Oh, no, he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an interview with uh, Keith Gretzky and Bob coming up at uh, one thirty-five uh, from the Combine, so we will get to that at some point. Uh, let's start with uh, the news of the day. We'll get to Kuznetsov later. The news of the day for me, Elliot, is that Sting and Shaggy are uh, going to be uh, performing the pregame concert in Washington for Game 3. I know you loved all the stuff going on in Vegas with their pregame uh, you know, mayhem, whatever you want to call it, uh, inside uh, the T-Mobile arena, but what do you think about Washington's response here? Well, you know what? I, well, first of all, it's not Washington's response. It's, it's more like the NHL's response. They're the ones that, that set this up. What I like most about this is that they're doing it on the steps of the Smithsonian, as I understand it, right? No, that's news to me. I didn't read that. Yes, I think that's what they're doing. And, um, you know, I, I think that is a fantastic idea. Like, what I want, and I've craved it since Nashville last year, is do something that represents your city. Figure out something that says Washington or Vegas and go with that. Like, I saw some people making fun of Sting and Shaggy today because they're old. And I saw people making fun of the Imagine Dragons the other day because I don't know what. Uh, 
So they're more new, and these guys are old. Like I said to someone in the NHL, people are always going to rip you. They're always going to rip you. The best thing that you can do is come up with a plan and entertain people. And just the idea that it's going to be Washington, it's on the Smithsonian, uh, I think that's really cool. Um, you know, I, I, I have no issues with Sting and Shaggy. The Imagine Dragons are funny because my, my kid is addicted to one of those songs, so I hear it over and over again. I'm a little tired of that. But, I, I, you know, I, I'm fine with it. And, you know, I just think that that's what you want. You want the hockey sells itself, and the hockey's been pretty good, but there's nothing wrong with putting on a little bit of a show there and saying, this is Vegas, or this is Washington, or last year, this is Nashville. It's time for hockey to step out of its shadow a bit, to drop the conservative nature around the sport. Let's have fun. Let's let people laugh. Let's, let's give them a smile. It's about time, and let's do it. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I love uh, everything that uh, is going into all this. I don't know if I would have picked Shaggy and Sting, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, that song I played... Like, with, like I, I said, people are always going to complain yeah. about it. Remember San Jose a couple of years ago? Metallica, Metallica yeah. do the well, That was cool. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I played a song earlier in the show, and it was actually uh, not bad. It's sort of in my head still, and uh, it's it's catchy. So we'll see if uh, the fans enjoy it uh, tomorrow night. All right, the other news uh, in this series, Elliot, is uh, if Kuznetsov will play tomorrow or not. What are you hearing on that front? You know, it was weird. Like, he did a full practice today, and he stayed on for about 20 minutes later than other guys did. So that says to me he's probably going to play. Now, he didn't talk. He's still the Capitals, very trusted. He's not medically cleared, but they got time for that. They don't have to do that until right before the game tomorrow. So based on this morning, uh, I would expect him to play, although I wouldn't bet on it at your at the Cree River Casino yet because <laughs> I don't know for sure. <laughs> Love the plug for the River Cree there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, it does sound to me like he'll play according to some of the Washington reporters that I saw on Twitter, but uh, for Capitals' sake and fans, they hope he'll play. Um, they did uh, look good, though, in uh, Game 2, Elliot, and uh, I felt that at you know Vegas early in that game, they start fast, they start quick, and if you're not ready, you're in trouble. And, of course, they scored first, but the Capitals somewhat were able to settle down. And it seemed like at times they were able to uh, limit Vegas's speed. And I don't know how they're doing it. Maybe it's that trap they like to play. But uh, it, it seemed to me as a game went along, Washington was able to get going a bit, uh, and it seemed like they were able to slow Vegas down. Is that what you saw? Or you I, I think different? you could make a really good argument, Brendan, that Washington has been the better team in the first two games. Um, you know, I haven't. I didn't like the way Washington started the game in Game One. I didn't like the way they played the second period in Game Number Two. But for the most, uh, the start of the second anyway in Game Two. But for the most part, I think that they have been the better team more often. And I, I thought, you know, I wasn't. You know, the the tough thing about coming here is that the Capitals practice at their practice facility and Vegas is practicing at the main rink. And you're, it's hard to do both. And so I went to Washington today to see Kuznetsov, and then the guys who were at Vegas told me that some of the Vegas players were kind of admitting that, that they weren't really there yet. And I don't know whether it's been nerves or whatever, but 
Um, we, we haven't seen the best out of Vegas yet. I think we have seen some very good Washington. So I think you could make a real argument that so far in the series they've been the better team, and I think Vegas has to raise their game a little bit. Well, one thing we can agree on is that it's been a good series so far. I can't wait to, to see this uh, continue tomorrow night. And I agree with that. Must, I agree yeah. with you that it's been a very good series. Like the NHL must be, uh, you know, just ecstatic with uh, how this has uh, gone so far. And you have two uh, entertaining teams going head to head, and it uh, looks like this one could maybe go the distance as well. Yeah, the only issue I have with it going the distance is that Paul Simon's last concert in Toronto is on <laughs> June twelfth, and I have tickets. So, uh, you know, Game 7 is on June 13th, but if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, I'm going to miss that concert. I'll get, I'll just get the stink eye from my wife when I come home. Well, I think Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals would be uh, just as good, if not better, than Paul Simon's concert. So, Yes, I agree with opinion. that, except my wife won't be pleased that I missed it. <laughs> okay. But other than that, I agree with you. It is an outstanding... Uh, you know what? Like Game 7s are the best. They are the best, and I'm really looking forward to them. And um, you know, I just I, I think this series. The first two games tell me this is a pretty evenly matched series. You know, what's been the difference between these two teams? A couple of bounces, a hell of a save by Braden Holtby. You know, to me, the thing that's kind of stood out a bit, Brennan, is that you know, Flurry is so aggressive. And Washington has found holes in the Vegas defense to take advantage of that aggressiveness. I think that's going to be a big thing that the Golden Knights are going to have to figure out. Who is uh, the Conn Smythe uh, trophy favorite? I know everyone was saying, okay, it's flurries no matter what, uh, even if Vegas lose, loses, I don't but that. I don't believe that anymore. Because... Well, I, don't believe, I didn't believe that before the series began. Okay. First of all, we all tend to suffer from recency bias, right? The last thing that happened is the is the thing that stands out the most. I agree that coming into this series, Flurry was number one, but you know, like he could still win it. You know, if Vegas comes back and wins this series and he plays great, he's still the guy. But uh, I, I think there's a lot of other contenders. You know, I if Washington wins, you know, whether it's Holtby or whether it's Ovechkin or even a guy like Kuznetsov, it's going to be tough not to vote for one of their guys. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think the Caps have, you know, done a good job, you know, sort of uh, making uh, Flurry go side to side a lot in this series, and they're, they're getting rewarded for it. So we'll see if that continues. All right, combine going on in Buffalo. Elliot, I'm sure you wish you were in Buffalo right now covering that. But <laughs> all the GMs are there, so it'd be good for you to be out there. But instead, you're covering the final season. I like the gossip. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there is a lot of chatter about movement uh, in the top 10. The Oilers, of course, uh, will be picking 10 as of right now. Um, I know Peter Shrelly said they would consider moving up uh, in an interview with uh, Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com. Uh, I think uh, every team would say that, though. They would love to move up. They would love to uh, add another first-round pick. They would love to do this and that. But when it comes down to we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But what are you hearing, I guess, right now in terms of some of the movement? Because it seems like if you need a, a player at a, at a position, you may be able to go up and grab them if you uh, are willing to pay the price to move up. You know, I just think it's too early to really say one way or the other. You know, you were telling me off-air Brandon, that uh, apparently there were some comments today that the Oilers will likely stay where they are. Um, but, you know, I, I think that 
you know, I, I think it's too early. Like, we're, the draft is three weeks today. Nobody's going to show their hand this soon. I think, well, I, I think one possible exception is, I think Vancouver is kind of interested in Hannafin and the seventh pick would be in play there. But I think for the most part, you're not going to get that until you get closer. You know, you're not going to understand, you know, who's really where, whose draft lists are where, um, you know, who really wants to move up, who really wants someone. You know, it's often the week of the draft before you really find out who the serious players and partners are for that kind of a situation. So I just think that for someone to say now, hey, you know, if you say we're likely keeping our pick, you know what, that's probably true. But I would say this, nobody's really been, or very few people have been tempted yet. You know, I guarantee for you that if, for example, like I, I think Buffalo's keeping the pick, and I think it's more than likely Carolina's keeping the pick. But I got to tell you, let's just say for argument's sake, Montreal third or Ottawa fourth, they're not getting their best offer now. They're getting it closer to the draft, and that's why we are where we are. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, the other team to watch, I guess, is Detroit at six because uh, there has been some talk that maybe they would uh, consider moving it as well. But yeah, as we just as you just said, it's all talk right now. But uh, well, I, what's I up think with Detroit? The one I guess the thing is that Detroit knows they're going through a rebuild, and when you're going through a rebuild, like the one thing about a team like Ottawa, for example, is I think Ottawa wants to be. I don't know if contender is the right word, but I think they want to contend for a playoff spot. You know, that's where you kind of look at it and say, all right, we might think of doing something. But I think Detroit looks at it like we got to build. And when you got to build, it's really hard to give up. Like, like let's just say, for example, if you want to move up, it's going to cost you your first. It's going to cost you maybe a player and a pick, right? Or something. So you're going to have to give up something to get up. So... What are you giving up to move up? And is that something that a rebuilding team is going to want to give up? I think Detroit will weigh that. Uh, I guess the other juicy uh, note is uh, what's going on in Pittsburgh right now with uh, Phil Kessel. I know you uh, talked about it in your 31 Thoughts podcast. And uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like uh, Pittsburgh may be in on Domi here. I do believe that. I do believe Pittsburgh is in on Max Domi. Um, I think he's he's a player they've had some interest in before. You know, Mario Lemieux and Ty Domi are really tight. I don't think that's 100% the reason, but I think it would give Pittsburgh a lot of insight into what they'd be getting there and what is going on. I've just heard that he's a player they have a, they have some interest in. And you know what? If you're trading for Domi now, you're you're trading him when he's on a bit of a down year, and you're bou- and you're betting on his bounce back and. People in that organization would have good intel on Domi, too, because don't forget Rick Tockett used to be there, and he probably speaks to a lot of people there. So I could see a lot of connections, and I've heard they are very interested. What is with Kessel, though? I mean, he's coming. I know he had a tough playoffs, Elliot, but he's coming off his best regular season. He had 92 points, 34 goals. Why is there so much disconnect right now with Sullivan, it, it appears? Well, you know what? I just think that, you know, Kessel has proven he's a different guy. And, um, you know, he was in Boston for five years. He was in Toronto for five years. He's been in Pittsburgh for three. I I think the different nature of his personality, I I think it it wears on, uh, or I don't know if wears is the right word, but I just think that Kessler is one of those guys because he's a little bit different. And, 
you know, he's he's really talented. I've talked a lot about my insight into his personality before. He's you know, he's just a bit of a different guy. And I have a feeling that, you know, some teams just get fed up with that at the end. I mean, you know with him it's gonna be a constant battle. He challenges you, you challenge him back. I think the one thing that out of the reporting for Pittsburgh that I've been really interested in because it's the first time I've heard it is that they were frustrated the fact he wouldn't sit out regular season games to rest. And, you know, he has a consecutive games played streak. It's one of the longest in hockey. Um, I think Keith Yandel is the guy who's ahead of him right now. Um, and it sounds to me like Pittsburgh wanted him to sit out games and he didn't want to do that. And they think it affected him a bit. And that's an interesting one. That's, that's one I hadn't heard before. But whatever the case is, they don't see with them eye to eye. And I think you know, they kind of rather use their money somewhere else. It's interesting. I, I got to think the Evander King contract is going to drive up Kessel's market a bit. Because he's, instead of 7 times 7, he's uh, 4 times 6.8. And you're right, he's coming off of 92 uh, points a year. I think that his trade value may never be higher. I think one of the things that Kessel that's interesting about him, Brandon, is that he's, you know, he's phenomenally gifted. You know, people talk about him from a physical point of view. He is like a freak of nature, but he doesn't really work at it. And I think there's always been a fear that when the drop comes, you know, because he's not really interested in it, it would be kind of big. So I, I wonder if Pittsburgh's saying, you know what, we want to trade him now while he's still relatively young because we don't want to take the chance later. Whatever it is, um, I just think Kessel's a different dude, and I think some teams after a while say there's a limit to how much we'll put up with it, and obviously Pittsburgh is kind of there. Yeah, that's interesting. They don't mess around in Pittsburgh. One uh, year out of the playoffs no, in the second don't. round, and they're making changes. So, <laughs> Well, they kind of look at it like their window to win was, well, Kessel and or, or, sorry, Crosby and Malkin are still in their primes, and those guys are still in their primes. Uh, we don't have a lot of time here, Elliot, so just quickly, uh, are you hearing uh, anything on Ilya Kovalchuk? I know Darren Drager, I believe, had a report that he wants to go to a winner, so I guess what does he mean by a winner? I think the Islanders are very much in there. Are they a winner, though, I guess? That's the only, I don't know. Well, you know, you keep Tavares, you get Kovalchuk. Like, I think the Islanders have told Tavares that they're interested in Kovalchuk, and they're going to make a move in goal. If you keep Tavares, you add Kovalchuk, and you improve your goaltending, and probably their defensive play, because I think that's one thing they're going to attack. Are you that much better? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if you're a winner, but you're better. For sure, absolutely. Um, I know you're a basketball guy, so I want to get this in uh, just before we uh, get to this break here. I know uh, you must feel for J.R. Smith today, or do you, after that mental mistake last Well, I do, because, like, you know what? Like, you get the crap kicked out of you, right? So... Uh, you know, I'm automatically sympathetic to that. Um, I'll tell you this. I put down, the other day, the Cavaliers were plus 650 uh, So it's $100 to win $650 at one of the sports books. I put $50 down on them. So if, I, if they win the series, I win $325. And by the time I left Vegas, that was, I think, the day before I left Vegas, by the time I left, they were up from plus 650 to plus 800. Wow. And so that was a tough one last night because to win that bet, I needed that game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? Like, it's happened before. Like, I covered a playoff series, Raptors Pistons, 
where the Raptors were down four and Chris Childs thought they were down three and threw up a terrible shot and they lost a deciding game. So I've seen that before. Um, it's a bad mistake. I could understand why the other Pistons were mad. But I'll tell you this. I was impressed that LeBron wouldn't throw him under the bus. Because everybody knew he was mad, and he got up and he walked out of the press conference rather than dump all over the guy. I think that was an impressive move. Elliot, we'll leave it at that. Thanks for uh, your hit today, and I'll do it again next Friday. Much improved from the usual BS, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Bob will be back next Friday, so we'll see if he can up oh, the... Oh, uh... darn. <laughs> Take care, Elliot. Enjoy the weekend. Take care, Brennan. That's Elliot Friedman. You'll uh, see him on Hockey Night in Canada tomorrow night in Game 3. You can also hear that game live right here on 6.30. Chat. it's 12.54 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. Uh, Ree Wilkins has another Grey Cup remote coming up. And then uh, the 1 o'clock news after that. Al May on the way as well on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca.